Welcome to Humanize IT, where technology experts meet to discuss business strategy, industry trends, how we can make IT more personal with conversations, not presentations, and occasionally engage in a laugh or two. I mean, today we've just, we've talked about what, throwing hard drives in a volcano, running them through magnets. Um, Skip did not tell us how he survived the system uh, that, that went on. And uh, just the sheer amount of power running through data centers. You know, basically set a fire. Um, and <laughs> it, I don't know, maybe that's a bad example, but I think there's a couple of different types of pyros in IT. Maybe you need to be more specific. Yeah, there's the bad pyros and then there's the good pyros. So like, I started thinking of, I don't even know what we were talking about one of our podcasts and it reminded me of disk destruction, like hard drive destruction and how hard it is to actually destroy a hard drive. So we have like the gaussers and magnets and yes. stuff that we put things through. Those don't work. But then there's that one guy who gets a bright idea and says, I'm gonna pass some thermite on this. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that That's much, much better. You can find these videos of people just lighting like stacks of hard drives on fire and just melting them into slag. But then like it got me thinking like, you know, Fire is an ever-present thing within IT. We spend millions upon millions of dollars trying to make sure fires don't happen, but I don't know a single IT guy who has not experienced a computer fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, maybe it's because I'm from western Nebraska where there's a lot of dust, but if you've ever seen a dust fire come out of the back of a PC fan, it is a sight to behold. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there's this, I don't know, I, I was just, like, thinking, like, what other stories are there out about uh, fire in IT? And... You know, like suppression systems, like, you know, when you're inside the data center and you're like, when this place caught on fire, would I make it out before the Halon system sucked all the <laughs> oxygen out of the room? And I'm really thinking to myself, okay, this is a cage. I am literally in an iron cage yep. inside of a data center that has multiple doors, like just a man trap and everything. It takes me like three minutes just to get in to the data center. Now... What if I had to get out? And I'm like looking at all the places I have to hit, like emergency exits and stuff. I'm like, crap, I'm de I'm a dead man. I can't hold my breath that long. Uh, it's not that <laughs> so, bad. It's not that bad. Are you saying you've been inside a halon as it's gone on? I have not. Uh, mine was FM200. Uh, and so it, it did displace the oxygen. Um, it it made more of a mess than anything. Uh, and, and there was no fire. We were still not quite sure why it went off. Um, it went off. Were you in there though? Yes. 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 Anyway. <laughs> so is it like cold or what, what is, is it a powder? This one was powder. It, it was very much, we, we had to hire a contractor come in. We had a, a couple of them come in, uh, because obviously the, the data center stayed up and running, but we knew it was going to be a problem just for cooling wise. Everything was covered with this thin layer. And so we had these specialty contractors come in. They had these backpack uh, vacuum cleaners with these real fine tip nozzles and they spent like three hours vacuuming everything while it was still running because <laughs> they didn't take the data center down you know uh, and they just vacuumed you know everything they could get this nozzle up to uh, and it, it took them forever and it was it was I don't know years and I would still I'd open up a device and you know there'd be this powder in in the corner um, yeah, it was it was very um, it was very frustrating because uh, we don't know what set it off. There was no fire to start with. Uh, we suspect it was the the UPS, 
um, because a few months later, we had another episode, um, and I, I was able to stop the fire suppression system from going off by constantly running over to the fire alarm panel and resetting it. Uh, but we had an odd smoky smell coming out of our battery room. Uh, and so we, uh, we immediately shifted everything just to, you know, pure utility power and shut down the, uh, the battery strings. But every, every, uh, I think it was 90 sec 60 or 90 seconds. I had to run over to the fire alarm panel and reset it, uh, before the thing went off. Uh, again, because it was like $12,000 to refill those, uh, those FM200 tanks. So uh, it was puzzling and expensive uh, deal. But uh, anyway, they're there for a reason, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I was reminded this weekend or two weekends ago of <clears throat> now silicone melts i just had to look it up here a second ago melts at around 1400 degrees okay it's pretty hot yeah however as a as an it guy i know for a fact that if i get above 90 degrees celsius i'm in trouble so it's uh 190 200 degrees yeah. uh, fahrenheit and there's this distinctive smell <laughs> yes. given off yes by an overheating chip yep and uh, as you can tell from Skip, like he, he's heard this, he, you know this smell, mm -hmm. you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the electrician was out one day and I explained it to him, he goes, oh yeah. And uh, what happened was my, my pool pump had overheated and, and seized up on me. And so I replaced it with my backup. So I hooked my backup up and it was two, it was hooked up to 230 and so I rewired it to, to 115. And following the diagrams very carefully, because, you know, being an IT guy, I, I have killed main devices not paying attention to what I was doing, mm -hmm. and it's really fast. So I hooked it up, and the the pump turns on, everything's spinning quickly, but I can smell it. So I, yeah. I turned off immediately, and I check my wiring, make sure nothing's crossed over, double, triple, quadruple check the wiring, everything's fine. So I flip it back on, I go, okay, maybe there's some dust inside there. And so yeah, this, no, this sucker is running and it's like getting hotter and hotter and hotter, but it's running fine. I'm like, okay, the water's going through, it's cooling off the, the motor, everything's fine. But I know this smell and every piece of my being is saying, shut it off, shut it off. And uh, all of a sudden, poof, you see this uh, puff of smoke come out of the engine. And I'm like, yep. crap, it's fried. And so the electrician comes out and he's going to rewire my garage anyways. He goes, well, let me take a look at it. So he comes out and he takes a look at it. Fiddles around with it for a little bit. Hooks up his voltmeter. Voltmeter, there fine, we go. Checks the capacitor. Then he had one of those, uh, you, you close the loop and it'll tell you how many amps it's pulling. Mm -hmm. And he goes, oh, wow. This thing's pulling like 25 amps. And it should only be pulling 12 or 15. And so he like looks at the diagram, looks at it, starts like fiddling around with it. This is journeyman electrician. And he go, and after about fifteen minutes, he goes, "There, it's better. It's better." <laughs> and he, he flips, he flips the switch, and it's been running for two straight weeks. <laughs> and he's like, "That's a bad diagram." <laughs> <laughs> so it was burning. I could smell it pulling too many amps, and that should let everybody know, like the the intimacy of fire in IT. Like we know the smell of yes. the wrong kinds of fire in your systems. Well, 
And so... Yeah, let, let me talk. Uh, go back to the, talking about what was earlier. So, uh, you know, fire is such a, you know, critical, uh, you know, problem that we have designed data centers with their own fire suppression systems. And we, we, we want to protect this hardware and the data that, that's setting on it so we don't use water in our fire suppression systems in a data center. We use these inert gases that displace oxygen. So halon used to be the, the biggest one. Well, it used to be dry pipe before halon. Well, yeah, dry pipe if, if you had to. But, I mean, uh, that was still... You guys gonna, for, for those of you who want to know, like a dry pipe is where they leave the sprinkler pipes dry. They're not full. And so you've got a set amount of time before all hell breaks loose. Yeah, because you know, <laughs> water and electricity still don't really mix that well. Uh, but with the, the inert gases, it was really cool because you could have a fire and trigger your fire suppression system and never turn anything off. <laughs> and uh, again, kind of back to my prior uh, example, I mean, uh, been through that exact scenario, and the halon comes on, displaces the oxygen in the room, um, supposedly put out the fire. Hopefully, you're not in there, and uh, and then you know you uh, continue life as normal. You know, replace the one bad device that caught on fire, and everything else keeps running. But uh, yeah. they they produce a a variety of challenges for for IT guys and and managing that and. Then, you know, like those of you like Adam, you know, uh, keep you up at night wondering uh, how far away you are from the exit door. Can you hold your breath long enough to to get out uh, before the gas? Yeah, just gets so you. people realize like how much heat is going through a data center. Like we have an entire independent systems built just to cool individual racks yeah. and sets of racks in a data center. So when you're in there. Those aren't just servers in there, but there's also giant heat exchangers sitting there. And then um, next to those, we have something called three-phase power, which we use because it's very stable, very good at delivering high loads to large amounts of data. So the, you take the stuff that you have in your house, that's nothing. Oh, yeah. No. This is, this is three-phase, 120 volts each that is coursing through this data center and it's going through these UPSs that are worth more than your cars. <laughs> and <laughs> it's transforming it into power that is clean and available for loads of servers. And these servers themselves are sitting in a rack stacked like two U's high. And each server is worth about $15,000 a piece. And you're, you've got what, uh, how many uses a, is a rack? 60? Uh, I cannot yeah. remember anymore. 68. I used to know. And so you've got all these all these servers sitting there just generating heat, pulling ridiculous amounts of power through these small spaces to the point where we have to cool one side of the racks. They get pulled in and the exhaust comes out the back end. There's a good 20 degree difference between the front side yep. of a server and the back side of a server. So if you're cold, just run to the back of the servers <laughs> yeah. and you'll be in the warm aisle. And then if you get too hot back there, you just flip back over to the cold side. And I used to judge it by the time I could stop, you know, my, my hands started hurting and my, my, my fingers started stiffening up. That's when I need to move around to the other side of the, well, of the, arc. the back side. Yep. That's how much energy is coming in and out of these rooms all the time. So much to the point that the floors are fake in data centers. So there are these tiles that conduct electricity 
and they underneath them is all the cabling just to run the racks and then the racks have the the cables going through them and it's this giant spaghetti mess and we try our best to keep them organized because Hmm. if you get too many into one spot a lot of heat builds up in that electrical work yep well, you get so too much in there, and then you can't put the tiles back down. And you, oh, yeah, my gosh. It's going to be a headache. So if you're watching a movie or you're ever watching like somebody where they've got a cool data center going, um, most of the time the ones you see in the movies are these really, really, really fancy ones that somebody has gone through and organized. Yeah. Because even a well-kept data center, like we organize our cables by color and type, and it's called structured cabling. Super nerdy stuff, but... These are the things that are running the world. This is where the internet lives, is in these little rooms. And one fire in a data center can end up making a really bad day. So we used to play a game called, um, how fast can you take down the network? (laughs) And it's, it's an exercise in IT because you need to know like where are your vulnerabilities. And my solution to most things was if I can't do a fire, then I need a pair of um, tin snips yeah. because all those cables that are running under the floor and over the tops of the server racks, if I can cut those. <laughs> that that just, takes a bit of work in and of itself too, though. I've, I've had to clean out some data centers and, yep. and cutting all that. And yeah, that a tin snip works pretty well. Or you can get one of those. I think you've talked about before the, 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 the ratcheting. The clamp, yes. The ratcheting the, cable yes, cutters. Oh man. You can cut through like a bunch of cables all at once. Yes. So we actually in IT have tools specifically designed to take down and to remove <laughs> large chunks of data centers because it's so hard to do. Yeah, and that's that's also why we have these fun videos of people putting thermite and all sorts of trying all sorts of mechanisms to melt hard drives because it's actually very resilient stuff. It's meant to take a hit. It is, you know. And for the longest time, TV and you know, modern modern culture always said, you know. Magnets and and you mentioned it earlier, degaussers, uh, you know, were you know ways that you could scramble data. I think there's even some uh, you know internet myths out there around disgruntled employees and magnets. But it's actually quite hard to demagnetize something. There's there's quite powerful magnets already inside the hard drives. Um, and so just proximity to a magnet doesn't quite do it. And so you do need to, uh, get aggressive to, to get those off. Uh, I worked with a company, uh, for a few years and, uh, they offered, uh, a, a destruction service and it was very, uh, very hands-on. It was, uh, taking screwdriver, opening up, uh, the hard drives and pulling those, uh, nice shiny little silver platters out and then they would proceed to scratch physically scratch uh, both sides of that and then bend uh, the platters so they could really never get back to uh, you know, the right shape for cybersecurity we ran a degausser degaussers are not cheap I mean they're around a thousand two thousand dollars for a good degausser and they work when you're done that sucker's a brick <laughs> no <laughs> Put it in the drawer, you shut it, turn it on, pull it out, it's done. And uh, But that, that requires effort. I mean, it's there's a reason why a degausser isn't like a $100 like magnet you buy at a store. Yeah. A degausser has to apply a scrambling of fields so that it mixes up all of the data on the hard drives in a very safe way. 
but it's just hard to destroy data. And Heat does a fantastic job of it, and but you have to have a lot of heat. Well, now you talk about IT guys and fires. So yes, I, I've been down that road, and I have built my own backyard forge. And uh, it started out with aluminum cans, and that got boring pretty quick. Uh, but what was immediately available to me was all of the insides of these hard drives. And so uh, a hard disk platter is made up primarily of aluminum, a few other metals on it, mostly just in the coating. But anyway, the long story short is they melt really nicely. Uh, and so if you really, really want to uh, erase your data, find, find an IT guy who's a bit of a pyro. <laughs> there we go. We circled back around. Find an IT guy who's a bit of a pyro and, uh, and, Take it over and uh, watch it melt. Uh, you you know, I wonder if there's like a, if there's some money to be made by shipping your hard drive to Hawaii and we just walk up to one of the nearest volcanoes and just start <laughs> chucking them in. Offer it up to the, to the, the volcano gods. <laughs> we, for an extra, for an extra amount of money, we will offer it up to the deity of your choice. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Maybe they can do something with the data that you couldn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that would be hilarious. Like, have a data destruction to a service. Like, how do you know it's destroyed? It's in a volcano. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, Pyros and IT, it, it was just a fun idea. You know, all the things that fire is in computers. And if you really get down to it, computers are just run by fire. Right. Electrons going from one way to one direction okay. to another. All right. And we burn CDs. We, Not I anymore. mean, that's, that's you're right. I don't think anybody burns CDs yeah. anymore. But still, the idea is we like to burn things in IT. Yep. It's the way it works. And so fun with fun with pyro stuff. I like it. I think this was this was fun for a topic. It's a quick and easy topic, but it's highly entertaining. Absolutely. And use your time to go out to YouTube and look for the videos of people destroying things with thermite. Uh, not the the boar videos from Texas. Those are disturbing. I haven't seen those. Is that, is that thermite? I don't where know. Where they explode the where they're trying to get rid of the boars because you guys have a big boar problem out there. Oh yes, yet. the wild boars. Yeah. Well, and so they, they shoot something. There's like the explosives. I thought it was thermite. And uh, they take up mountain herds. Oh, wow. They're, they're okay. So... Well, I, I, there are parts of Texas. Well, now you have something to look up online, man. These things are these things are crazy. And it's Texans. You guys and your guns and giant amounts of explosive taking out these boars that are that are a problem. Anyways, I, I like this topic. It was just It was just something fun, a nice idea we came up with. And being able to talk through some one of the more oddities in IT is just being heat and yep. us sitting in our backyards destroying things with fire. Very therapeutic, I will have to say, uh, of all the options available. Well, I don't know. The, the volcano one's pretty close. But uh, the forge and, and melting hard drives was, was very therapeutic uh, to, to watch those hard disk platters just uh, slowly dissolve into liquid uh, was... Uh, Quite, quite refreshing, actually. All right. I thank you for coming on this week again, Skip. As always, it's a pleasure. And I look forward to our topic next week where we talk about business data, big data, data analytics, and how it's used appropriately to help businesses decide what to do with their clients and how to better serve them. We'll see you next week. 
Thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast, please subscribe, comment, and check out our Facebook page. Also encourage others who want to see IT Transform to subscribe as well. We could always use your help. 